0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Did you finish Did you jump that? that? We're, about <laughs> one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time?
2: Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show, Field of 68, till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single
1: night. Welcome back to the Field of 68 After Dark. It is a Sunday night edition. And there was a lot to talk about in college hoops this weekend. We had a crazy show late last night as the drama played out in Gonzaga, St. Mary's. And uh look, we made Laval Jordan stay up way too long. I hope he's gonna call us back at some point. But tonight we've got Rob Doster, we've got Randolph Childress. My name is Greg Waddell, and we are live on Sirius XM channel 84, brought to you by Bet Rivers. As always, you can watch us on the Field of 68 YouTube channel as well if you're watching us there. Jump in the comment section, ask some questions to us. We'll answer them every single commercial break, and we'll stick around after the show for the afters where things will really get a little wild on this Sunday evening. Gentlemen, I'm in a great mood because my team season is still on life support. The dagger was not stuck in the heart today, and RC, that makes me a happy man. How are you doing? I'm good, brother. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Rob, you've got a smirk on your face. Is this because you're a viral TikTok sensation now? Is that what's going on?
2: Yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, figure out if I can fit in time to to talk to you guys now that I'm super famous on TikTok. So, um, I'll
1: I'll keep you posted on that. But for now, I think I'm 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 doing all right. Well, from humble beginnings <laughs> to just impeccable mountaintops is where Rob Doster has brought his career uh, with a viral TikTok. One viral TikTok. I'm very proud of you, my friend. Uh, <laughs> listen, we're gonna start with overreactions tonight Ooh. because whenever I host the show, that's where I like to start. I like to overreact. <laughs> And there's plenty of ways we can do that, given the results from yesterday. Let's start with what I think was the biggest uh, result of the day yesterday. That would be Indiana's win over Purdue. Assembly Hall was packed. Crazy environment. Indiana played uh, nearly a flawless first half in my eye, jumping out, scoring as much as they did. They got Zach Eadie in foul trouble a little bit. You knew Purdue was going to make the run. They did so on the second half, but the Hoosiers survived, sustained it, and never really relinquished control of that game, even though it was dicey down the stretch. Trace Jackson Davis, dominant as he's been over the last month, but now everybody in the country got to see it on the biggest stage against the National Player of the Year front runner, Zach Eadie himself. So for an overreaction standpoint to start the show, Indiana is a Final Four team this season, even without their point guard, Xavier Johnson, who's been out with an injury for the majority of the year. RC, how crazy is that overreaction?
3: I, I can't be prisoner at the moment. If you tell me Xavier Johnson's coming back, I, I can, I can, I can put some money on the table and bet with you on that. But if right now I can't be prisoner at the moment and just say that they'll do it. I mean, great win at home in that environment. They played their ass off. I mean, and Purdue still came back within one possession of of, of tying that game up. So um, I don't want to overreact and say Final Four, but they're pretty good. They're damn good. Huschafino has gotten so much better as a freshman. I, I mean, he he's comfortable in late-game moments now. I I still would like to see this team in their full capacity. I think Xavier Johnson, what he brings on both ends of the floor, you add him to that group, then I wouldn't make an argument about seeing him in Houston. But without him, I, I, I see – I'm, I'm not, I'm not ready to say Indiana is going to go to the final four yet.
2: Who's your daddy, right, Rob? Who's your daddy, RC? Look, you might not want to be a prisoner of the moment, but you will never go viral on TikTok if you don't, like you. if, if right. you leave okay. yourself as not being a prisoner of the moment. I will go ahead and be a prisoner of the moment. Okay. Now, I'm going to say that I do think that Indiana has a ceiling of getting to a final four. A lot of that has to do with the fact that uh, this year is going to be wide open. Um, there's just the the, the parity between like the top five and like 30 to 35 is just too great I, I think it's going to be an insane year I think you could say like anybody in the top 25 can get to a final four and, and not have it be that crazy of a statement um, but the biggest reason I think so is one I I, I do believe that Xavier Johnson is going to be back um, I, I, th- I, I think that he is trending in that direction I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later um, if he comes back and you're telling me that you have Trace Jackson Davis at the five playing the way that he's playing. I'm not saying that he should be the national player of the year, but he is playing at a national player of the year level. Yeah. You give me Jalen Huchafino playing the way that he's playing, can play on the ball, can play off the ball. You give me Xavier Johnson playing the way that he was playing at the end of last year, can play on the ball, off the ball, two big guards. You got shooters around him, Tamar Bates, Miller Cop. You got Race Thompson, who has proven himself to be a good role player. You got guys that kind of understand their jobs. Malik Reneau was still out there. We haven't really talked about him at all. That is a team that I think is going to be very dangerous. And it's not just because they have the weapons offensively and a guy that's playing at a player of the year level, but they're guarding now. They're playing defense now. They're getting stops now. And I know that, that in the second half, Purdue kind of warmed down a little bit, right? Well, you know what? You know what happens when you go up against a team that's number one in Ken Palm and offensive efficiency that has the single most dominant player. As you put it, Greg, the single most dominant college basketball big man that we have ever seen. They're going to be able to get some points. Indiana held off a run from the best team in the country, and they won a game that they should have won that they needed to win. I'm buying them. I think that they have a very, very high ceiling. And in a year like this where literally anything can happen in the tournament, I won't be surprised. I'm in. Let's see it. Let's make it happen. Who's your daddy, baby? Who's your daddy?
1: <laughs> Listen, next next block later in the show, we are going to break down our title contender tiers. Uh, and I think Rob's point that this is a wide open year. Anyone could really get to a Final Four this year may come back up in that conversation as well. But Rob, I want to push back on one thing you said. You said that Trace is playing at a National Player of the Year level. Is he actually because Zach Eady had 33 points and 18 rebounds in this game. He missed four shots in 19 attempts. Like Look, he was, no he was better one, no than Tracy. No one's
2: stopping Zach Eady this year. All right. Uh, no, I, whoa, 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 trust whoa, whoa! Me, whoa. I get it. No you, one's There was someone.
1: Listening. There was someone on the field
3: at 68 that, that was saying, "Oh, that was you. I didn't know it was you. I wasn't sure who it was. Yeah, I didn't remember. Oh, it was, it was oh, me. It was oh, okay, okay. It was me. Okay, I went okay, out
2: on a limb, and okay, uh, okay. and then that limb broke, and I fell, and it hurt. And uh, I came back down to earth. Um, but in a normal season, if you look at what Trace Jackson Davis has done over the last month, like he'd yeah. be in the mix. He would. He would. Uh, who knows? He's in the mix. It's He's just not, ZD no.
3: so dominant. No, 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 no. I'm only saying in the mix of you got to put guys in it, right? You got to put it like this. It's really at this point it, with that performance. You you want to you want to say how great you know Trace Jackson <laughs> Davis was, and then ZD dominates it like that. But if you take let's remove Zach 80 from it. Then you would have to put him in the mix. I think you put him in anyway.
2: That's but, what I'm saying. Like we nah, got I'll give you that. I'll give you we that. Got, give we got we got a monster. Okay. Zach ED is a monster. He yeah. is Shaq yeah. He's got yeah. this thing locked up. In so a normal good. year, when there are everyone that's playing is yeah. from Planet Earth.
1: I'm with then, you. yes, Trace He's Jackson Dickens yeah. might have a chance. I, I just want to be clear. It's not a normal year. Like we can, we can talk <laughs> no. like flip it to college football. Like he might get an invite to New York. Maybe he's yeah. a Heisman yeah. candidate. Yeah. 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 Like this is, he's not Zach. E. He's not going to approach yeah. that level. Even in the loss. Um, yeah. I, I don't think you're crazy, Rob, for saying there's a final four ceiling. I just think, the I want to see what they look like with Johnson back. And it sounds like we might actually get that. But, um, you know, this team had a lot of preseason praise, a lot of conversation that they were going to be the best team in the Big Ten and potentially a national contender. And even when they were healthy early in the season, I don't think they really looked the part of that. Then they just got hit with the devastating news that Xavier Johnson might be out for extended time they lost race thompson as well and they really had to regroup and it really led to trace saying let me put this team on my back and he's it, done it that wasn't it month. wasn't
2: just it wasn't just those guys like remember hood Shafino missed some time with a back injury yes. yeah. trace jackson davis was like I, I had one source tell me that he's they basically have to duct tape his entire back to be able to get him out on the court to play like he played through pain that most players would not play through when they have nba draft stock on the line so um, it wasn't just like th- they were really, really banged up. I mean, they had their own,
3: them. they had their own fan base calling them soft and everything else. And we knew about the threatening letters and all the craziness that was going on. And then now they've, man, how's that thing changed around?
4: Yeah, Yeah. soft my ass, huh?
1: Fla- flavor of the month, <laughs> right? Uh, all right, let's let let's flip from Big Ten country to ACC country. Duke, Carolina, the best rivalry in the sport, maybe the best rivalry in all of sports. John Shire, chapter one, he gets a victory at home for the Blue Devils last night. And Derek Lively was sensational. I mean, this is a guy who was ranked by many as the number one recruit in this class. Uh, That production, at least offensively, maybe not what some would expect from a typical number one recruit in this class. But defensively, he was the story of the game last night. I mean, singularly, he impacted that game more than any other player on the floor. For me, ACC country is your country, RC. So for overreaction purposes, Duke has the highest ceiling of any team in this conference, obviously there's Carolina, Virginia, the highest ranked team in the conference. Miami, we saw them make a run in March last year. Heading into postseason play, Duke has the highest ceiling this season. Fact or fiction?
3: I will go fiction. Um, I, I I would say it's Miami. If you had, if I had to hedge my bet on it, I I'd, I'd go with Miami as a team that's built to make run. I think the the presence that Amir gives them inside there's a difference, as a physicality with this group. They had a great game. I thought the best game in the, in the ACC was that game against Miami and Clemson.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And I take away the hype of Duke and North Carolina. That was a big game, and Miami went in there on the road and got one. And that's a tough out, man. I mean, we gave you know we gave we gave Nigel Pack a lot of crap early in the year. And let's let's be honest. I mean, the kid's playing better. He's playing much better right now. The team is playing well. I, I, I like their team. I just think that if I had to bet on a team that can can beat you in many ways. Uh, I'd bet Miami. I still think that Duke has some issues shooting the basketball, and I think that'll catch them in the long run. Um, but I love what the freshmen are doing. They just hadn't had a time. I mean, the injury bug, Dariq Whitehead's still out. I mean, it's a great win for those guys to win at home against, against Carolina, we know, but we don't even know what Dariq Whitehead's going to bring to them. I mean, he came back. He was starting to get himself together now. He's back out with another injury again. I, I, I think he'll be back soon, but it takes time. I mean, we'll need to see what that team looks like in full strength. And that's something we hadn't seen. They've had, they've only had their guys together for 12 games this year. That's hard to judge. Mm -hmm. when you hadn't had your full, and particularly a player like Dariq Whitehead who gives them so much versatility.
2: Especially when so many of those key pieces are freshmen. Yes. Right. Like a lot of those guys, you want to be able to work into minutes and Dariq Whitehead's like his season just hasn't been able to get going and take off the preseason injury. Then he got sick. Then he got injured again. Um, And he just hasn't really been able to find his groove. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you that Miami's the, the team with the highest ceiling here. Uh, as Jim Beheim might put it, the best team that money can buy is what uh, Jim Laranega has there. Um, with the $800,000 man and Nigel Pack. Look, the the guard play to me, like yes. that's, that's what matters so much. And um, to turn it back to Duke, because I want the segment to be about Duke, is Jeremy Roach to me made so many big plays down the stretch of that game. And something that really stood out, R.C., was that when they needed a bucket, right, they're up by three. or uh, Yeah, it was up by three at the end of the game. Um, he ba- Shire basically draws up a play to try to get Jeremy Roach going to his right hand and getting to the rim. He didn't draw it up for, for anybody else. He didn't draw it up for Philipowski, who might be ACC player of the year. He didn't draw anything else up. He got Jeremy Roach where he needed to go and had him go make a play, and I think that says a lot about the kid. Uh, who I mean, look, he's been banged up, too. He's been dealing with the turf toe, um, so – I think the combination of Jeremy Roach kind of coming into his own a little bit and Derek Lively being enough of a presence to completely throw Armando Baycott off of his game. I I really like this Duke team. I I really do. Compared to to where they are right now in most rankings and most people's perception, I think that they're better than than people realize. I think they're like a top 25 is kind of a team as opposed to like outside the top 25, top 35. I, I think that they're good. I think they're dangerous. The no, no question.
3: I, I agree with you. I, I mean, when when let's. I just want to see what this team looks like with the healthy Derek mm-hmm. Whitehead in it in a couple of games because he was, at, you know, ACC play. He was a second lead. he is their second lead scorer in ACC play, and they've been dinged up. Everybody's missed so much time. Let's let's get these guys healthy and get them about four or five games, and let's see what they look like. Maybe the third week of the month.
1: The most impressive thing to me from Duke's result yesterday was there was only one guy that saw the floor for Duke that had played in this rivalry before. I really thought that was going to matter in this game, right? I mean, you're talking about a North Carolina team that obviously had a sense of the moment last year that sort of felt coming away, like we own that program. We sent Coach K packing. Here's Caleb Love, RJ Davis, Armando Baycott, Leaky Black. They're all... Back, I thought that was going to matter for a bunch of 19 year old kids suiting up in that rivalry for uh, the first time. Are we
3: doing this again, man? Am I the guy I have to defend Duke? Like, is that what we're doing again? Like, really? We're, that's I the entire Duke point
2: of this. That's the entire point of this segment. Oh it's a, my every time God. that we're gonna have all the rivalry was over. Are you
1: serious? Did you just say that? I'm not saying it was over, I'm saying they owned them last year. Like, I, I you didn't think that was gonna matter coming in this game, RC. It's four dudes that just sent the legend the best coach the game has ever seen packing in two of the biggest moments the sport has ever seen and the entire team was back minus Brady manic you didn't think that was gonna matter in this game versus literally eight guys in a nine-man rotation that had never stepped foot in that rivalry
3: not with the way the Carolina's playing right now no <laughs> no
1: okay. So in, to the, and
0: internal it, turmoil, and, and
1: it didn't. Them puppies, them puppies got teeth grew, and they, they they had a big bite, and they took it. <laughs> to that point, though, if we're talking ceiling, back to the overreaction, right? The highest ceiling in the ACC, right. wouldn't you still think that maybe it's Carolina? Because if I look at yesterday, no, no. Carolina played what like a D minus of a game. Everybody was inefficient for them. Pete Nance was one for ten from the floor. The guards were ten for thirty one from the floor. Like, I, I thought everybody played bad. I thought everybody on Duke played pretty good. And that's a six-point swing? Who has played well consistently for that group
3: besides Armando Baycott? No, I think R.J. Davis has had his stretches.
2: Yeah. Hey, outside look, of that, who? Over, And that's over a two-year period. We have a two-year sample size. North Carolina's played well for one month.
3: I, I, I tell you what. It's a good month. They got to play Wake. This, <laughs> it was a great month. Like, they got Wake coming in next, and that's going to be a major game. A major game for for like that's a lot of title. I mean, in- tournament hopes are on the line for that game coming up. That's a big, big game for both teams right there.
1: Yeah, another big game in that conference. Duke is at Miami tomorrow. Yes. I'm gonna have my eyes all over that one. There are major implications in the ACC there. All right, coming up, we're gonna talk who deserves to be the number one team in the country. Is it still Purdue? Is it Houston, who had a big win tonight? That's next on the Field of 68 After Dark. Okay, Trevor, what's going on in the chat? Duke. Come on, what's, what's, what's going on in the chat? We got any questions?
4: Here's a, here's an interesting kind of random one. What teams do you guys think are best and worst suited for neutral court tournament games instead of having a home court advantage?
2: Iowa State, worst suited. <laughs> Jump shooting team. Um, yeah, Iowa State, like Iowa State is, if you look at everyone on their roster, it just – it makes no sense to me how they've been this good for two years. Like, one, T.J. Otzberger is a wizard. The Wizard of odds. Go buy the T-shirt in the merch store if you're an Iowa State fan. It's a nice shirt, <laughs> nice design. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's Iowa State to me. That's like a that, great pick. That building that they play in, it's – it, Hey, look, you know what? Next year, college hoops to go. That's got to be the first
1: destination, Gregory. That would be really fun. I'd throw Kansas State in that mix with them. Another team. They just got their first home loss of the year, I believe, against Texas. But don't but, slander
2: my Wildcats, bro. I love I, them. Too. Not That's my team. It's my Big Twelve team now.
1: They're legit.
4: We got anything else, Trevor? Uh, what are your guys' thoughts on SEC teams not reaching their full potential this year, i.e., Arkansas, Kentucky, et cetera?
3: Arkansas was a little Arkansas bit. Arkansas injuries, of man. We got to yeah, give yeah. them the pass with injuries.
2: Injury, injuries, and players uh, opting out. <laughs> not, not much you could do about that. You lose three. Like I think you can make the argument: you lose your two best shooters and two of your three most important players. That happens. Like, how many teams are going to be able to reach their potential? And then Kentucky, like we we've gone over what's going on with them.
4: Yeah,
2: maybe. ad nauseum. Yeah. Um, at sure. some point, when we get to the afters, can we circle back on that Rodney Terry conversation? Yeah, absolutely. Because I want to get to that. I know RC's got something to say about it. Oh shit. I've been on that wagon. Yeah.
1: Now I'm kind of nervous for that. Mm, I don't know. know what RC's take is. I haven't hey. talked to RC. In yeah, a while. you've been hiding on me, man.
2: It's <laughs> been a while, man.
1: What else we got,
4: Trevor? Who's scarier in March? Xavier or Indiana? Uh tell Yuli I'm not
2: answering his question. Wow. <laughs> um, I think Indiana's scarier because Indiana can I guard. So Xavier's really, really good, but Indiana, we've seen them guard now.
1: I think and it's they Xavier. got a dominant player. Yes. One minute. I'd take Xavier. I think a they're healthy, more well rounded. A healthy Xavier. Yeah. If I, I, Yeah. Turn injuries off. I think they got five guys that can beat you. I think Indiana has one and a half. The, the, the
2: only. My only concern is, well, one, I'm assuming that Xavier Johnson is back. So then you have like two and a half. And two, if on the night when Xavier isn't making shots, like how they're, I don't know if they're going to be able to win, right? If they have an off night like they did against Creighton, like they have before, it's going to be very difficult for them to be able to to win games. The question
3: is do
1: they defend well enough when they're not shooting the ball well? That's the question. That's uh that's my type. You know how you got friends who just have like a very toxic type romantically? That's me with teams like a one hundred and tenth ranked defense, but a top five offense. <laughs> I fall for it every year. It's the Field of 68 after dark. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for kicking it with us as we wrap up the week that was in college basketball. A lot of movement, especially at the top of the sport. I'm Greg Waddell. We got Rob Doster. We got Randolph Childress here. And it's time to talk about who will be the number one team in the country when we see the polls tomorrow. Purdue has held the top spot for a few weeks now. Before yesterday's result, I think you'd be hard-pressed to make a case that anybody else even warranted being in the conversation. Now they take a loss at Assembly Hall, uh, and all of a sudden it's a conversation. Houston, tonight, certainly made their case. A game they were trailing by four points at the half. They pull away a huge night from Juraice Walker tonight. Uh, You've still got Alabama lurking. They got a big, comfortable win against LSU this weekend. So let's start just by asking the simple question. Is Purdue still the number one team in your eyes, Rob? Yes. Absolutely. Now, if
2: you did not rank Purdue number one last week, I have no problem with you not ranking them again. But if you had them ranked number one, I don't I don't see any convincing argument for you to be able to drop them at this point. When they go on the road and they lose a game where they open as an underdog, they weren't supposed to win that game, according to that River Sportsbook. Um, so I I have I have no doubt that uh I have no concerns about them. To be honest, like, this might be a hot take. I said this last night on After Dark. I was more impressed with them coming out of that second half than I was heading into that game. And I already really liked Purdue. They got punched in the mouth. Everybody's going to get punched in the mouth at some point during conference season. You go on the road, you go into a place where you have 17,000 incredibly drunk Indiana fans screaming at you. Yeah, you know what? It might be a little bit intimidating for freshmen walking into that environment the first time. Um, I think we saw with the little uh, interaction between Trace Jackson Davis and Mason Gillis that those guys were, like, ready for. Indiana was ready for it. They got up for it, and they punched them right in the mouth. Who's your daddy? That's what they said. Uh, And then in the second half, Purdue just ran their stuff, and they did what they do. They ran their stuff. They got the ball to Zach Eady. They didn't try to get it all back on one possession. They didn't start firing up threes. They ran their stuff. They ran their offense. They played Purdue basketball, and they cut it to one, and they had the ball with a chance to take the lead. I don't know if you could ask for any more out of them in that situation. I, 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 I am so in on Purdue. I'm more in on Purdue now than I was before the game, and that's after a loss to Indiana.
3: I can't argue with you. I was impressed when I said that they were down 15 at the half and cut it down to a one possession game. Indiana only scored 29 points in the second half. I mean, mm-hmm. you say that, but you gave up 50 the first half. But either way, I. I think it said something about them. They showed some championship medal, man. And we're talking about Purdue on a defensive end. We didn't always, that's not something that we, we talked a lot about here in recent years, man. And I, I was impressed with them. I, I think so. At their second loss of the year. I, I don't, I don't, if you drop them, I mean, they can't drop any lower than what, two, three at the most. For the sake of it, I do believe if you lose, you know, you need to drop. But I, I'm okay with if, if, if we start up tomorrow and Purdue's number one team.
1: Yeah, so I think the two teams that would be warranting of discussion to knock them a peg down would be Houston and Alabama. Both of them also two losses on the season right now. Houston, uh, I mean, again, a comeback win tonight where they end up creating a lot of separation. But to me, I, I mean, they've had one bad loss on the season. Then they have a loss head-to-head to Alabama, Alabama really the only team in this group of three that we're talking about that's really gotten their doors blown off in a loss. That loss to Oklahoma is a different type of loss than anything we've seen from Purdue. You can't really knock Purdue for going to Assembly Hall in a game they were underdogs in and losing. And losing by one point at home to Rutgers, while not a good loss, Rutgers is a pretty good team, top 20 team according to the metrics right now. So I don't know. I kind of feel like the way these polls work, like, we want to see a little movement. Like we want to reward a team that went two and O in the week. So it wouldn't surprise me if Houston ends up leapfrogging them, but uh, it doesn't essentially really matter at this point, right? Like we, we, do we feel that that's the group at the top right now? Is there anybody else that you would lump in that group of three, Rob?
2: No, it's, it's Purdue. It's Houston. It's Alabama for me. Yeah. Um, the, I don't think that they can get into the top three. But I do think that Arizona, at this point, in my mind, is one of the top three teams in college basketball. If you're if you're asking me to pick who I think can win a national title, I think Purdue, Alabama, Arizona, and Houston, to me, are the four. Those are the four that I would go with. And I say that about Arizona. I was ready to jump off the bandwagon two weeks ago. But Arizona's figured out a way to get stops. They figured out a way to guard. They figured out a way to be able to keep Azulis Tubelis and Umar Balo on the floor together at the same time uh, without having it be a liability defensively and look we talk about trace jackson davis as like a playing at a national player of the year level we talk about zach edie as good as he is Azulas stubellas has to be in that conversation too and i don't think that we talk enough about him and yes part of that is because uh they most of their games tip off at like 11 p.m on a thursday night which is like way too late for me to stay up for the end and, and sit there and be tweeting about it um a lot of them are blowouts there's like three interesting games that get played in league play in the Pac-12. It's like when UCLA plays Arizona and then maybe stay up to watch like the Arizona Arizona State game. Beyond that, I got two kids, man. I got to be up at 7 <laughs> o'clock in the morning to get them ready for school, right? It's hard on a Thursday to stay all the way up until 1 a.m. to sit there and watch all of these Pac-12 games. So I get it. But Azulas Tubelis, uh, that, this is me officially shouting you out um tommy lloyd today came out and uh, i think it was yesterday came out and said that Azulus tabelas is not getting enough attention for first team all america we got you Azulus. i got your back I, all right he's right I there i told
3: in- goodman i told goodman yesterday if i had to rank my orders of player of the year zach edie's one Jalen wilson's two and Tobelus is three three so i, I had him three I, I had him third so i i don't know how much higher you want to put him if i don't i don't know if you want to put him over Jalen wilson if you want to make the argument but I think three. I don't know how much higher you want me to pull them now. You know, maybe we got to yell at Billis and some other guys to give him that. But I, I mean, hell, if, if I, he's third would... in my Player of the Year, I think that makes him. He's pretty solid, established at twenty and ten. He's a. He's on my first team All American team right now, so I think I would safe. have
2: him below Trace Jackson Davis in that pecking order. And the reason I say that is, I think. One, a lot of the counting stats are a result of the pace that Arizona plays at, right? He's going to just naturally get more points and more rebounds because they are the fastest team in college basketball. And two, the system that Tommy Lloyd runs uh, very much emphasizes the skill set that Azulus Tubellis has. So, like, he's having a great year and he's putting up great numbers and he's a very, very, very good player and he should be an All-American. I just think, like, in a vacuum, if you're going to tell me you got to pick one of these two guys, Trace Jackson-Davis, or Azulis, Bellas, I'm taking Trace every single time, and that's the tiebreaker for me.
3: I, I'm not saying he's a, he's not a better player, and I'm not going to hold that against him, but I think he's also has a difficult job because they're playing four out of five times they're playing. They're playing, they're playing against a team that's playing small ball. True. And yeah. it's forcing him to guard and do things that, for a guy that didn't finish well in the tournament last year, didn't have a hell of a tournament, he didn't play well at all, just being quite frank, in the tournament a year ago, and for him to come back and respond and have this type of year He's deserving of it. And again, it's what we talk about a lot of times. They scoring at their pace, but we worried about this group defensively because we were worried about that big lineup. They're answering the bell with that. We'll see what happens when they get outside of the Pac 12. But but I, I'm I'm all in on them. I, I I don't like I said before, I I I still have them firmly at third.
1: All right, so Robbie. Ray, you, give me give me your top seven ranking. I, I need I need to press back on you real quick, Rob. You said Arizona is a top three team in the country. Who are they ahead of from that group of three? Are you leapfrogging Alabama for zona? I'm leapfrogging Houston. Oh, okay. Leapfrogging all right. Houston. All right. I'll that let you speak that on that when we do our tiers here. Maybe you have a little okay. reason there. So I do. I'll, I'll go through my top seven. If, if we all made a list of our top seven uh, title contenders, potentially in different tiers to me, Uh, My top three are the three, well, three of the ones we just mentioned. Purdue, Arizona, and Houston. I would call them tier one. In that order. Tier one. Those teams are going to be there for me. uh, No questions asked. Tier two, slightly behind them, teams that I I think are as talented as teams in that group, but I have a few little raise my eyebrows too. I put Alabama and I put Baylor there. I think. Who was in the first three? Purdue, Arizona, Houston. That's my answer for top three, tier one.
3: Oh, so you put them in your top three?
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. We'll get to yours,
3: RC. Don't you? No, already? no, no. I, I'm glad this isn't a phone call because I hang up on you guys right now. If this was a call, oh come on, I just
1: what's... I had to hang up right now. Okay, so what's your list? What's no, your no, list? no, no, no. My last two are wild.
3: Finish your list because so, I my, I didn't. This Arizona dropping up in the top, bumping them three out. Like stop it. Alabama's
1: out. No,
2: come on, you can't stop, do that. Not ahead, bumping, huh? it. Not bumping
1: them. I said that's tier two. I'm worried I, I don't think that the RC way Alabama like, finish
2: your little list, Gregory. Finish the your way, little list. <laughs> the
1: way Alabama plays basketball to me is not as sustainable for a six game run in March.
2: Oh boy. All right. Keep yeah, okay. Keep it going. Keep it going. What who's, do you mean? Oh boy.
1: What <laughs> come on? Who's your well, last two? You, last if you if you thought the first five were wild, you're gonna love these. I got Xavier six. I got UConn seven. Yes, sir. Go, Greg. Yes, sir.
2: Hey, uh, Trevor, write down in the notes for the show. uh, Greg gets a raise. (laughs) Listen, if
1: there's one thing we know. When when you listen
3: to this, say no. Just say (laughs) no.
1: When the entire country is a mess, UConn always wins the title. Their last two titles have been when the tournament just blows up. If we're expecting parity, I expect UConn to find a random way. All right, yeah. RC. RC took exception to everything I said on that list. Uh, not everything, seven. but you, you. How do you
3: argue against Purdue, Alabama, and and, and Houston? Like, like you dropping Alabama, you telling me shooting threes and I mean, no, stop it. I, I'm not as a title
1: contender. Yeah, we've we've seen what happens when that team's not hot from three. They're they, susceptible to losing by thirty to Oklahoma.
3: They, they did. They, they, that's that's a one time thing. It happened once. All right, all right. I'm giving you. you, you tell me you're Arizona. Okay, I'll give you that. I do have Arizona in my next group. I have UCLA, Baylor, Kansas, and Arizona will be my next group of guys outside the first three.
2: Okay. Mine, I have a a top four. So my top four were Purdue, one, Alabama, two, Arizona, three, and Houston, four. Um, I dropped Houston out of it just because I think that uh what the, they they rely a little bit too much just on toughness and physicality and i think that there are enough teams that can kind of take advantage of that there's a lot of teams that have a lot of really good big guys in college basketball this year so i'm a little worried about the matchup perspective um i'm going to push back on you at alabama greg i think they just they are they are better defensively than they are offensively and i think that they can win games multiple ways and i think that they have a great player in brandon miller a go-to guy but i mean your argument that they might go cold one night is kind of a, a convincing one for a team that relies on three pointers. So I don't hate it. I don't hate it. Um, I disagree with it though. Uh, then my next three are UCLA at five Marquette at six. Um, and then Kansas at seven. And the only reason I have Kansas in there, everything on the court right now is just like, yeah, I don't buy it, but they got that guy on the sideline to just figure shit out. Just because so, it gets it done. Um, yeah. You know, what's funny though. You know, what's funny. I also told you guys, for this rundown to put together three teams that are kind of off the radar that no one's talking about that can win a national title And one of my three was Baylor and both of you guys have them in the top 7. <laughs> yeah, you
1: got to trust those guards. I, and to. I
3: don't see why you guys wouldn't with a healthy UCLA. I think they got a chance.
2: We talked about I Fox, got them
1: five. Okay. Five. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're uh, we're we're gonna head to break. We'll continue this discussion over on the YouTube channel for anybody that's listening on Sirius. Uh, coming up, we are going to break down some results from tonight. My Wolverines got a big win to keep their season on life support, and then we had some chaos elsewhere in the Big Ten as well. That's next on After Dark. I don't right, want to do we, any chat questions.
4: This? I just want to hear Greg. Explain more about his uh, six and seven. No,
3: I'm. I, I, I'm. 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 Too I want your off the radar finished. picks,
2: Greg. If you, like if you're six and seven, where Xavier oh and, U- and UConn. I understand what's? Kicks, I don't know. I I want to go your, back to. He's going to say Michigan. No,
1: I'm absolutely not gonna say Michigan. You won't. No, I got myself. I got
2: Michigan. I got I got his back on this one, RC. He said you kinda I got Michigan, right? It's oh called my being a team God. player. Hey, <laughs> that's that's
1: one TikTok viral sensation to another, Rob. <laughs> yeah. i appreciate that. Uh, let, RC, what's that crazy about just flip flopping Arizona and Alabama in terms of trust in the NCAA tournament? Because that's how I'm framing this. I'm not talking like what have you really, seen from Arizona did you, did you have, What have you seen from Arizona that you trust so much? I think in Arizona's, a tournament? Yeah. Yeah, I think Arizona's A game is higher than Alabama's, and Wait, I think where they are- where did you have Alabama in in tier two, the top of tier two, my fourth team on my list. Ah, uh, okay, I thought I you didn't have that. I just put separation them. between tier one and tier two. I and thought you guys you didn't are have acting them. like I committed okay. crimes against humanity.
2: You did 30 just blasphemy. blasphemy.
1: Just blasphemy.
2: <laughs> That's not as crazy. Hey, my other two off the radar teams. One I had Indiana, and the other I, one I had I Creighton. Creighton. I like the on Creighton. Creighton. I like everyone sleeping on Creighton. Hey,
1: can we, so is part of the Indiana love, just the belief that Xavier Johnson is going to come back fully healthy and be awesome. Like, have we not seen Xavier Johnson before? I don't need him to be awesome.
3: He just needs to defend which he's capable of if he's healthy and And just being an experienced and an experienced guard
1: to. We are back. It's the field of 68 after dark Sunday, special edition uh, and right now, these two look like they want to jump through their computer screens and come strangle me for my uh, top seven title contenders. This has been a fun, contentious show, gentlemen. If you thought that was something, we're now going to talk about the Michigan Wolverines oh. on Field of 68 after dark. This might be the first time all year we get to talk about them in a positive light. Uh, but first, again, we are live on Sirius XM channel 84 brought to you by Bett Rivers. You can watch us. On the Field of 68 YouTube channel as well. Jump in the comments. We will be answering your questions after the show. I got Rob Doster here. I got Randolph Childress here. And my name is Greg Waddell. All right, the Wolverines, 77-69 to 69 win over rival Ohio State. They are still not on the bubble. That's what the bracketology experts from Fielding the 68 tell me. They got a lot of work to do. I said a week ago after the blowout loss to Penn State, one more loss, you can stick a fork in them, they're done. They follow that up with a road win against Northwestern this week and a solid victory against an Ohio State team that somehow the metrics still like, even though they've now lost nine of their last 10 games. That's insanity. So let's go to you first here, RC. I'm still here saying, hey, they're not in. They're not even close to in. But the season is still alive. Is that an appropriate feeling for me as a Michigan fan right now?
3: No, it is because they got Nebraska next. They got to obviously have that one and then they get Indiana and that, that at home, that that's going to turn into a must win game for them. They need that resume building. And listen, it's the big 10. It's going to be loaded with quad one opportunities, but they got to get that one at home against Indiana. That'll be a signature win coming off everything that Indiana just did. And with the momentum they have just beating Purdue. So they they gotta stack they gotta stack some games together and win some games, but they got winnable games. I think they will. I think they'll get they'll I think they'll do enough maybe to sneak in at the end. The
2: the great thing about being in the Big Ten is that you have the opportunities yes. to be able to get wins. Every time. Um, yeah. So you mentioned Nebraska. After that, every game that they play throughout the rest of the regular season is a game that is going to be, I believe, a quad one opportunity except for the home game against Wisconsin, right? You got Indiana at home, you're at Wisconsin, you got Michigan State at home, you're at Rutgers, you got Wisconsin at home, you're at Illinois, and you end the season at Indiana. Now, on the one hand, it's great to have those opportunities. On the other hand, like you could legitimately go 0-7 in that run, and it would not shock me with the way that Michigan has played so far this season, right? So um, the question is, do you believe, Greg, and you watch this team more than any of us, you probably know them better than any of us, Do you believe that this is a group that has figured it out to the point where they can win, let's say they got, what, eight games left? Can they win five of those?
1: Uh, I think they can, but I think it's largely because of who they're going to play in those games. Like, I think they're going to hold serve against Nebraska at home. Then you've got the big opportunity against Indiana at home, which I'm going to be at, by the way, for College Hoops to go. Cannot wait. Season on the line game for my team. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but then even after that, it's like they're they're at Wisconsin, which suddenly looks like an extremely winnable game. Northwestern just went on the road and got one there. Um, and then three massive quad one opportunities at the end of the year at Rutgers, at Illinois, at Indiana. So to me, like, I think they will be favored in a lot of these games. I think tonight's result was not any real sign of like, oh, Michigan turned the corner. I thought the story of this game was just the way that Chris Holtman defended Hunter Dickinson. That's the first time in months that Hunter hasn't been doubled off the catch almost every single time. I mean, he he I don't know what happened. I don't know if it was a health thing or what. Zed Key did not start the second half. He brought in Akpara, who just straight up was not ready to guard Hunter Dickinson one-on-one. Hunter had six straight points in about a minute and a half. Like, I, I don't know. I saw this Ohio State team a week ago at Assembly Hall too. And like, they got a lot of talent, guys. is awesome. He's a bucket. He's a really fun player but there's a lot of just bad habits with that basketball team right now. it's a lot of young guys. It's a lot of first year transfer portal guys kind of mixing in, but there's just some weird body language stuff. I don't really think they buy in defensively. They're definitely more talented than where they're at in the big 10 standings right now. But it's like when the going gets tough with that team, you just sort of expect them to crumble a little bit. To me, that was more of the story tonight. And if we want to flip that and say, oh, Michigan now has this opportunity they didn't have a week ago. I'm here for it I don't really think that they've solved any of their issues though that they had earlier in the season yeah, what do you think of that over, though Rob the
2: the ones that they got were over Northwestern and Ohio State which is kind of like okay you beat Northwestern and Ohio State who's struggling I, I just this Ohio State thing is one that I can't figure out because on paper that looks like a team that should be really good right they have guys that can be versatile they have a guy that's an absolute bucket getter and uh and bryce sensible they have guys that you would think are are good defenders bruce thornton came with the reputation being a good defender ice likely was a guy when he was at oklahoma state was a good defender um we've seen zed key be an effective player we know what justice suing is when he's healthy and it just it hasn't clicked and uh, you know i understand why ohio state fans are frustrated um i understand how uh you know not having success in the tournament compounded by the fact that it's year four for Holtman and he's having this kind of a season, uh, get you all riled up. If you end up running that dude out to, uh, to, to Notre Dame, I think that you are going to seriously regret that decision. Cause that dude is a, uh, a very good basketball coach. Um, uh, but I, it's been a mess at Ohio state this year, man. I, I'm surprised that, that Holt hasn't gotten run more often than he has.
3: I thought they did. I thought what Michigan did, what they was prepared. I I, I Greg, the only thing I think push back on you a little bit, I thought they tried to double him some early and Michigan was prepared for him and carved him up. And then I just think they got concerned about it and didn't want to do it anymore. Um and, and then after that, the last thing you want to be or the last problem you want to have a position you need to have difficulty defending is a, is a five man in the big ten. Like if you got di- yeah, think- difficulty defending the post in the Big Ten this year, this this is the wrong year for that. I think one of the issues is they're just a they're not a great shooting team. And they're a lot, they're a bunch of mid-range jump shot taking guys. And and as we all know, that's one of the worst shots in basketball, but they're just not a great shooting team. And and it's hard you know it, it when you're not really good offense sometimes your offense cannot be good enough and it puts so much pressure on your defense and i don't know there's not there's, there's not rim protection there it's not like they got a guy in the back that and everything breaks down as an eraser so it, it, they're just they're in a tough league they're having an average year they've been struggling lately and but they're they're one of those teams that again they're, they're gonna win some games down the stretch here and gonna upset some people and and they're right there i mean the metrics love them uh like, it's hard to imagine a team making a tournament going into February losing 9 out of 10 games, but we'll see what happens. I mean, the league's a monster. They'll get more opportunities. But I thought tonight they Hey, what to if, what if this happens?
2: Happen. You beat Northwestern at home. You beat Michigan State at home. You beat Iowa on the road. You win those three games, and all of a sudden you are playing Purdue in Assembly Hall for an opportunity to maybe make it to the NCAA tournament. They lost to Purdue at home on one possession. They had the ball down by two with a chance to take the lead, and they fucked up the final play that, uh, that position. I remember, like, it was uh, Bruce Thornton made a mistake trying to get the ball to Bryce Sensabaugh. It was uh, a freshman thing to happen, but you win three games and you got Purdue, and that's a chance for you to get into the NCAA tournament. So it's like, it's not like they're out of it. They got the numbers, right? They got the metrics. Sometimes that's the hardest part. Now you just need to actually go out and win some games.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm going to responsibly be heading over to bet rivers and putting sizable amounts that that won't happen though. <laughs> I mean, What are, just saying, what are, we, like, doing? What are we doing? It ain't over yet. They, like if the it team lost nine of their last 10, just wins three straight in the next week and a half. Sure. Yeah. You that'd never be know. great. Uh, never know. Can I, can I push back on you on Holtman though? Did you say, did I get a quote? Great coach from you on Holtman. Did I say great? I thought so. Maybe I'm putting words in your mouth here, but like he he, I, he can coach. He can coach. What does that mean in terms of? I think of it's like, premature to be calling State. for his
3: job. I think it's premature yeah. for that. I, that's all I'm saying. If you're okay. talking about running them out of town, I, I think that's ridiculous.
1: Okay. unless that's, And I, if you I, do I, run him out, run him out for who? Uh, mm-hmm. I, so I would want to see how this season ends at least before I pick up the pitchfork. But like, I mean, this, this is a pretty crazy extended stretch of pretty horrible basketball from this group. The only thing I would just say, like looking at Holtman, who he's been his entire career, even prior to Ohio State. I mean, in 10 of his 12 seasons as a head coach, he's lost 10 or more games. Like there's losing seasons sprinkled in here. He's never
2: had yeah, but but you got to put some of that into context, right? Well, he he was one of the guys that helped transition Butler from the Atlantic 10 to the Big East. So it's not like he's walking into this great position. Butler, I'd make the argument, is the worst job in the biggie's. And he found a way three straight seasons to get to the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. at Butler. In terms of like spent maybe it's not the worst because DePaul still exists, right? Yeah. But um <laughs> he 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 found a way to take a job that is not it at the very minimum, it was not in the top half jobs in the big east conference and found a way to get them into the NCAA tournament three straight years. Has it been but great so, at Ohio State? No, but you know, but isn't is first...
1: that isn't that kind of what you need at Ohio State though? Like you at least need to show signs. Of having a great season at some point. And to me, I mean, Holtman has not come close to that at his time. Yeah, in but
2: they were, what were they? A two seed in the tournament in, in 2021 when they lost. They would have been, they were a top 10 team on Kempom in yep. 2020 when the tournament was, didn't happen. That, He's, the, this, is year, this is year six. The for pandemic him. killed him. Yeah, this is year six for him. He would have been to five straight NCAA tournaments if the pandemic did not happen.
1: I mean that 2021 well, season he ended with four consecutive losses down the stretch. Like,
2: yeah, but he's been to five straight NCAA. All all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, if you're gonna get, if you're gonna fire a guy, you you can't. You, you're not just saying like, all right, we're getting rid of him and things are gonna get fixed. You got to figure out who you're gonna bring in next. Sure, that's fair.
1: I just think that this is a program. Remember, I mean, Dad Mata was fired after 4 years of stretches like this where none of his teams were horrible but they were losing 13 14 games like the, that's the all fad, Holtman's the done. that
2: situation was a little bit different
1: it was <laughs> definitely different the it was, was definitely different. Was a different but like I think you got to show that you have a ceiling higher than this and if anything now he's in what you're 5 6 like it's trending the opposite direction at this point yeah.
2: so I, I'll look I'll be honest though if I'm Holt I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to get out of there I'm trying to find yeah. myself Randy cuz once Once fans turn on you, it's very hard to get them to unturn. I think it's a Gary Parrish always says once you're on the hot seat, you never get off the hot seat.
1: Yeah, fair. All right. Uh, That's enough Michigan, Ohio State for now. As we all agreed, clearly Michigan is back. Their season is saved Uh, coming up. We're going to hit on some other storylines from Saturday. Big 12 craziness continued. The ACC is a mess. Who wants to win that conference? And we will revisit the chaos that was St. Mary's defeating Gonzaga late night. That's next on the Field of 68 After Dark.
2: I I wish I could show the chat how tilted uh, producer Dagan Hughes is right now that on a night when Seton Hall won a game and moved to 8-5, and five, I think they won 8 of their last 10 games, on a day when that happened, we spent more time talking about UConn than we did talking about Seton Hall. He is so upset.
4: Dagan Hughes in the chat, is Seton Hall a tournament team?
2: Uh, Yeah. yeah I think they are. <laughs> no. No. I'm not, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. I think they will be. I think they could get there. I think right now they're probably on uh, – they're they, they're they're a cut line team, right?
4: They were in our last field in the 68, yeah. first four out.
2: They're a cut line team. So this is what they got left. Creighton at home, at Villanova, Georgetown at home, at UConn, Xavier at home, Villanova at home, at Providence. I think you got to win – I think you got to – you probably have to win five of those games. Does that sound about right?
1: I think they four and they're in the conversation. You go four and three, you're there, yeah. not in. you telling me at least six
2: there.
3: teams from the Big East is gonna make the tournament.
2: Thirty second. Well, it'll be seven when Villanova wins the Big East tournament and uh, surprises everybody. <laughs> Good lord. <laughs> it could be six. Hey, RC, look, the top four in the Big East is the be- for my money best top four in any league. it. Come
3: on, guys. Stop it. I'm, not, I'm too sober for this. <laughs>
2: there we go. Three, hey. two. <laughs> it's all that
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Welcome back to the Big East is the best conference in college basketball after dark. Oh, wait, sorry. That's what Rob Doster wants me to say. uh, As we were talking over in the YouTube section uh, during the last commercial break, this man just had the audacity to say the top four in the Big East is stronger than any other conference in the sport. (laughs) Rob, I don't know if I'm allowed to go like Max Kellerman mute right now. I'm muting you for the next minute and a half. So we're going to throw to RC for the first section here in the final 15 minutes of the show. Uh, Let's talk through some other storylines. From Saturday, I actually want to start with the late night game last night because you guys were wrapping the show as this game went into overtime. Uh, St. Mary's gets the win against Gonzaga. They're now in control of winning the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga, not in control for the first time I can remember in a ton of years. And Aiden Mahaney is a killer, man. man. Like, I just love watching that dude play, RC.
3: Listen, he he struggled early on, but he he was clutch when it mattered. I mean, my God. Um I'm shocked. I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be. I I, be. I, I, I thought St. Mary was good. I, I just thought that I was worried coming to this game because I'm kind of like, all right, you know, are they going to be able to beat Big Brother when it matters? Like, this was a big game to create so much separation in the league, give them a two-game lead. I thought, all right, you know, Big Brother's going to step up, take over, show you that, hey, we still run this. And wasn't the case. Hey, credit to St. Mary's, man. Haney was – was that dude he was a closer I I don't I don't know what to say I, I, I've we've had I, I've been on record I've been a big believer in Gonzaga but man that was the, and listen St. Mary's a good team but the way he just got wherever he wanted late in game I, I was I was just concerned about them just being able to guard we talked about the point guard play for that for Gonzaga and he he looked like arguably the best
2: player on the floor. Do you know the last time that Gonzaga did not win at least a share of the WCC regular season title was 2012. That's how long ago it was 11 years. St. Mary's uh, won the outright regular season title.
1: Rob, Um, that's crazy. That was drew Timmy's redshirt freshman year. Wasn't it? I I mean, that's insanity to me. Uh, Rob, was this seriously, was this more about St. Mary's being like a real national contender this season? Or is this like we're skeptical in Gonzaga?
2: Oh man, first and foremost, Greg, that was a great joke. I <laughs> was good. <That> was good.
1: <laughs> I did not see that one coming. I was no. good. <laughs>
2: um, I think it was more about St. Mary's, to be yeah. honest, right? Like, I think Gonzaga is not the Gonzaga that we're used to seeing in in the last like two or three seasons. Gonzaga, right now, is what the general public thinks Gonzaga is every single year. They are a team that is good enough to to kind of hang with some players or hang with some programs, good enough to do things like beat Alabama, right? Um, Good enough to have their night where they can get hot and they can kind of play with anybody in the country, but their guards just aren't great. Like Nolan Hickman's good, but he's not great. Julian Strother's fine, but he's not great. Rasir Bolton is a guy that can make some shots, but he's not great. And when you have a bunch of guys that aren't great offensively around Drew Timmy, then – you're going to have issues on the defensive end of the floor. So it's like, they're good. They're fine. They could win a game in the tournament. They might get to a sweet 16, but this is not like the Gonzaga we've seen in the last three or four years where they're just loaded with killers and loaded with pros. That's not what this team is. They're just, they're just good. Um, St. Mary's to me has a chance to like really make a run because one They guard their asses off. I don't think people realize how good this team is defensively, right? They're top five in the country on Ken Palm defensively. They'll lock you up. They slow down the pace. They understand, like, their rotations. They understand how to kind of play the gaps, and they don't let you get dribble penetration. They're a really good defensive team. And two, they got a point guard that can go get you something at the end of the clock. And the thing about, like, Randy Bennett's teams, if you are – if you're into like point guard or if you're into ball screen sets, if you're into watching teams that that love to give the ball to a point guard, get him off a screen and let him go make a decision. Like Randy Bennett, I think has the highest rate of of possessions that ended ball screens of any coach in college basketball. If you go back and look at the players that he's, that he's thrived with, whether it's Della or Patty Mills, remember Mickey McConnell, like they've had great ball screen point guards, Jordan Ford last year, Aiden Mahaney's next in that line. Right. And I don't know, like, I don't think he's a guy that's going to be a one and done. I think he probably needs to be there for like three years, but that dude's going to end up playing in the league at some point. He's just too good in ball screens. He's too good. A, like he, he just understands how to play. So you give me a point guard and you give me a team that can defend. Plus throwing the fact fact they shoot 37% from three. Like you don't want to play that team in the first round, man. You don't no. like they're good. They're really good. They're legit.
1: Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think, um, I've been sort of skeptical to say it. Honestly, like last night I was talking myself all afternoon into, I knew it was the late game. I'm excited to watch it, watching all these big 12 teams battle it out all afternoon. And all I could think in the back of my head was this is the one Gonzaga is going to get right. Right, Like the fact that they're, they're an underdog going into this game. It's Gonzaga. They will find a way. And it looked like they were absolutely going to do it early. And for much of the, even the second half, but, man, in crunch time, Mahaney was just so good. He's the one guy that you trust more than anybody else. Even down two, he makes the play. I don't know how he saw that pass, throws it through traffic, sends it to overtime, and then when it got to overtime, it's like, you got that, dude? He was the best like guard I, on the floor. He yeah. was the best guard
3: on the floor. And, and that's it's what scary. we're talking about. I mean, it was that's the shocking part. I just thought, all right, this was a game. Gonzaga's got to get it. You know, if they lose, they're going to fall two games behind. I just, under the assumption, thought they were going to get it, and and then they didn't. I mean, it was a good game, but...
1: Yeah. All right, let's oh. flip to the Big 12, where I think that conference is essentially a chaotic mess, except right now Texas has sort of separated from it, right? Like, I love this top six. And why I had to mute you, Rob, is because the top six in this conference <laughs> it just puts everybody else in the country to shame. But right now, like I, I assume we might have like a four-way tie at some point. Right now, Texas looks like they might emerge. When you go on the road to Kansas State and come out with a victory, I mean that's that's pretty impressive for me. Right now, they sit at eight and two in the conference standings. Iowa State behind them at seven three, and then you've got four teams: Kansas, Baylor, TCU, Kansas State, all there at six and four. Rob, do you think that Texas is going to be able to survive this and win the Big Twelve? I man.
2: It's crazy. Look at what the rest of their schedule is at Kansas home for West Virginia, who right now is 15th on Kempom at Texas tech, which is never going to be an easy place to play Oklahoma at home. That might be the one layup that you get in, uh, in the big 12 this year. And they beat Alabama by 30 some, right? Then you're home for Iowa state at Baylor at TCU home for Kansas. So like, yeah, they could find a way to get it done, but they could legitimately (laughs) lose five of those games. Like the, 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 that conference, Every single night is an all-out war. And you know what really stood out to me against uh, against Kansas State in that game? We talked with RT about this last night. Is Christian Bishop is kind of like, when he transferred in there from Creighton, we kind of thought he was going to be like the guy, right? Like it made a lot of sense. He fit what Chris Beard wanted to do, like an athletic rim-roaming five that could block some shots, do a little bit of switchable stuff. And he hasn't really found his way the way that we thought he was going to. And then last night in the second half, he had 14 points. He was like six for seven from the floor. He had five offensive rebounds. He had a game-saving block. And then he had the steal on the last possession. Um, It made two defensive plays like in the span of six seconds that won that game for them, had the game-winning layup. Like it just – when you have a guy that comes off the bench like that, that has not been what you expected over the course of two years when he came in with hype, that is fine playing his role, and he's doing that. For a coach that is not the coach that not, not the head coach that brought him there, not the guy that was supposed to be running the program, that says a hell of a lot to me about Rodney and the job that he's doing, and the buy-in that he has from those guys. I'm like, they're old. They got, what, like six seniors on that roster? They got a couple freshmen that play a role for them. They got a bunch of old, upperclassmen, 23-, 24-year-old guys, and... I think that's what you need to win this league. Like, you need that veteran presence that's not going to get rattled when you go on the road to Kansas. Like, the Octagon of Doom is loud. It is loud in there. It is not an easy place to play. And they got kids that were not flustered. They were down by 14 in the first half. And they came back to win on the road. Who does that? Nobody does that. It's It's been very we'll, – we'll continue the conversation about Rodney Terry in the afters, but it, it's it's been very, very impressive to see them be able to have the year that they're having. RC's
1: sitting back. He's giving us a look, man.
3: No, I, I'm, I'm going to wait till the afters, man. I'm going to wait till the afters and give my two cents. Goodman knows what I've been harping on him. I, y'all saw the chats. Y'all seen the, the text exchange.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Um. Yeah, Rob, to me, that was one, like, at least this Kansas State game, that's one they were not supposed to have, especially given the deficit early. And then you come out of that game with a victory? Like, that. that is one that might shift who wins the big 12 to me just with that result
2: hey think about this stretch they just had at tennessee home for baylor at kansas state at kansas
1: good luck (laughs) yeah that's crazy uh by the way just quickly texas four and one on the road in big 12 play they got to go at kansas on monday but who knows the trends continue it could happen uh for rob doster for randolph Childers, my name it's Greg Waddell. We appreciate you rocking with us here on the Field of 68 After Dark, and we will see you tomorrow night. And you clear? Gentlemen, welcome to the Afters YouTube hey, chat.
2: Real quick, Kono, before you leave, shout out for playing Dead Prez, man. I did not think that we were ever going to have Dead Prez as a bumper on the show that I was on.
1: I was ready to spit a verse. <laughs> <I'm telling. laughs> yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> <laughs> you're scaring me rob i feel like i'm gonna open the field of 68 tiktok tomorrow and see a whole new different type of content from you i'm getting
2: nervous you never know right man i'm viral now baby i'm I'm, viral.
1: Getting, I'm getting nervous um the youtube chat if you guys want to fire some questions at us we'll jump in and we'll answer those in a little bit here let's let's go into the rodney terry discussion though right because we've been teasing this all episode how big of an opportunity they have tomorrow night at Kansas? Uh, but RC, I mean, give them the job,
3: man. Stop playing. Let's get this over with. Like, let's, let's call it what it is. Get a man a job. Like, you can't tell me, I, I, seriously, guys. And I, and you know, Rob, I've been screaming this from mm-hmm. the beginning. It is not even just winning that game. It's just been. This team hasn't missed a beat. And how many teams can deal with the distraction? I was sold with the, how they handled the, the distraction of the whole Chris Beard thing from the get-go. And this team came out outside of struggling that very night. They've done nothing but win, 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 win. Now they're sitting here, what, 19-4? and four. I mean, they're going to go, you know, they're going to play. It's not, not many people going to go in there and win. That doesn't change my opinion at all. I, I don't know what they're waiting for. I, I think he's deserved the job. I think he's earned it. Just not just because you can say, "Hey, Chris Beer's town, whatever it is, he has head coaching experience, and he has done a hell of a job with that group, with the distractions." And tell me how many teams or how many coaches could have kept the team together with that type of embarrassment uh, and everything that those kids had to go through?
2: Not many, man. It's the it's the in, interim coaches are like substitute teachers, right? Yep. It it is hard to kind of keep everybody involved. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying that I 100% agree with you. RC. Like, I think that he should get the job. I want him to get the job. I would love to see him get the job. I think that it's only right to reward him, if, especially if the se- season continues the way that it's been going. Right? Even, like, he doesn't have to win the Big 12 to, to, to be able to get it. Right? Just don't lose the last eight games. You know you know what I'm saying? But the reason what you ask, why wouldn't you give it to him? Mm-hmm. This is what they're thinking. Uh, we have a big enough sample size of Rodney Terry as a head coach that even with his ties, he was an assistant for what, 10 years at the program, like LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, Booby Gibson, like all like that that whole P.J. Tucker, yep. like that whole class of guys from like yep. in the early 2000s. He, he was involved in getting them there. So he has the Texas ties. And when it comes open, when the job opens up, you never hear his name. And part of the reason you never hear his name is because when he was at Fresno State, when he was at UTEP, he didn't put together the resume that would make you say, okay, we got to get this guy at Texas now you also have to add this season to that resume right and i think doing what he's done now has earned the opportunity to give it another year right and when i say give it another year it's basically give the guy a five-year deal with a buyout that is manageable right so that you don't have to worry about recruits saying oh he doesn't have the future he doesn't have this he doesn't have that right Make it so that it's a fairly cheap out if it doesn't work the way that you want it to work. Or if, like, this is a blip and what he is as a coach is more what he was when he was at UTEP. But I think you have to give him a chance. I don't know how you don't. I don't know My, how you don't. Especially, if you win the Big 12. If, if he's the I, head coach and they win the Big 12 and he does not get the job, we're rioting, man. You coming with me, RC? Oh, I've been on a bandwagon with it. I don't know I'll what they're the waiting the Center banging on the windows I, with a sign. I, I'll Ira, say this to
3: you guys. One thing that always bothered me with Texas fan base about all their sports, let's just say football, because they have so much money, there's this expectation there that it's like even with football, you hadn't been good in how many years? I mean, relevant. When we talk about relevant football, like, come on, man. Like, stop this. Even when you had Rick Bonds there, the tournament wasn't good enough. When did Texas become a blue blood? Like, what are we talking about here? Like, like, like seriously? Like, I saw my knock. Listen, it's a great job. I get they got money. I get it. But, but you you had you won a title when Vince Young? What, What? Mac Brown was the coach there. Are you kidding me? And then now even basketball making the tournament is good. When did Texas become this
2: national do you know the last championship? Time Texas Final won Four? A, a regular season title? When was the last time? Do you know? I, I can't even remember. Two thousand and eight. It's been 15 years since they won a regular season title. And he's currently in first place in the toughest conference in college basketball. It's got a top six. The team that's in in, in tied for fourth place in the league standings right now, right? Is the team that Greg put fifth in the national title race. Greg (laughs) basically guaranteed that Baylor's winning a national title.
1: It's a good team, man. I trust that team. (laughs) Uh, Look to also just discuss Rodney Terry's previous stints as a head coach. Like, I want to make sure we at least shed that like those weren't total dumpster fires either. Like he took Fresno state from bad records, losing seasons, four straight years before he got there and his final three years there, they won 25, 20, 21 Mm -hmm. games. Then he goes to UTEP his first year. They're eight and 21. He follows that up with a winning season. Then COVID happens. He goes 500 in year three, like, I, who knows where that was trending but both those stops the year he ended his tenure there they had a better record than where he started so no, look, I don't he's
2: know. he is a he's a good basketball coach the only thing the, the only and and again i I think that he should get the job what I'm saying is what's the conversations that's happening with those administrators are if he was not the interim would he be in the mix and if you put together a list it would be like Bruce Pearl and John Calipari and Brad Underwood and all these other guys. And honestly, like if Chris Del Conte is not already putting out feelers to those guys, he's not doing his job, right? Because you ha- you have to know you can't you can't have that be a public spectacle where those guys say no.
3: I would have concerns the- with all those guys when you're looking at it like now, like you're sitting there talking about everybody. You got Kentucky ready to run Cal out of there, and mm-hmm. you want to take that on. Like, what are you looking for? Like, you- like, like the guy has ties there, he has connections, and he's winning. He's won everywhere he's been. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's a matter of giving the opportunity. Like, yep, yeah, that's the problem. That's my concern with Texas. It's like you you just think because you have the money, yes, it's no guarantees. There ain't a better coach out there than Rick Bond. Like, think about what we talked about. You ran off. Why am I sitting here at Marquette? Help me out. T- Shaka. 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 I mean, we're sitting here talking about Shaka and being a sleeper for week. You ran Shaka out of there. So it's like, what are we talking? Like, who do you want? Just, Just pick the coach. Like, it doesn't even matter. Like, who's good enough to be there? He's earned yeah. it like like stop it, man. Like like I just think it's a joke. Yes. I just think it's a joke. Like I and, it, and if he if he's offered something less than that, then it's low balling him as what he's worth, then just walk out and go get some go somewhere else if you can. I think he's earned the right and shown he's a hell of a coach. If this was any other school, in my opinion, that had half a brain, they would have locked this guy up already. Like, what are we doing here? Seriously.
1: Yeah, I'm just clicking through uh team pages right now, but they're on pace for their most successful regular season since Rick Barnes's year in 2011 they went 28 and 8 mm. and that's without a formal head coach right now which is insanity. Mm. Uh so in, how... in the
2: toughest conference in college yes, basketball. Right. Yes. In give him the job. Historically
1: tough. Historically tough job. So all right, we can sit here and say give him the job, but RC, what does he actually do? Like when's the moment come this year that he gets the job? Does he need to make a certain level of postseason run? Does he need to win the Big 12? And there's no doubt they couldn't give him the job. What do you think? My point in all that is, again,
3: you don't have a history of doing it anyway. So you're going to compare him to a history that you don't have? So you're going to say, hey, you got to have the greatest season in the history of our program, and then we'll give the job. Man, that's bullshit. Stop it. It is is bullshit. If this is a blue blood and there's national, there's natties hanging in there, then you can say all this, What's the expectation of Texas? Make the tournament. That's it. You can't tell me there's no other expectation. They don't. Kansas ran the damn league for the last 15 years. What are we talking about here?
2: I I love getting RC riled up. Like, like, seriously, get, like Let's this is like, the
3: craziest thing in the world. I mean, it's just, the, they got money. I but, get but it. But
2: exactly. RC, what they do at the University of Texas and other sports is win national championships. Shouldn't that be the expectation of basketball too? They just like it is in football. Like facility. it is in
3: football. When you fire a coach every three years, because he can't even win the Big 12. And then you're but about to go to the SEC RC, and get your hands smacked of off.
2: Texas, like you can't, you can't let Baylor and Houston okay. and Texas A&M, all these other have better coaches, right?
1: Hey. I just want to know what the moment is. Like, is it if he gets a win tomorrow night against Kansas at Kansas? Does he get a phone call an hour later that says I mean, the he should have choice? been
3: had the phone call? Is all I'm saying. What are we waiting on here? What does he got? He got a win at the Fog to get get it now. He's got to run away with the damn. He got to run away <laughs> with the Big Twelve title. Like, oh, seriously. Hold your football program to that standard. When are they gonna get to the final four? They it, the, hey. the the damn the damn big football playoffs about to go to 12 and they still won't get in. What are you doing now with that? <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> you,
2: <laughs> you
3: finally it. got a sport that's relevant with and you're the number one team in the state in it right now. Good luck. You can't say that with football. Fuck
2: and you're about to fire it, the man. coach, too. You you're not gonna hire the guy. Hey, just for the record, Greg, the uh the worst loss. That, um, that Kansas ever took in Fall Allen Fieldhouse under Bill Self was to shock a smart. It was by 25 points. It was on January 2nd, 2021. Less than three months later, exactly 10 weeks later, he lost to Abilene Christian in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and he was gone. They didn't fire him, but they kind of said, like, look, you know, you probably need to go find yourself another job.
3: Yeah, it's like we don't want to fire you, but it's just, just... – it's yeah, not working. Know, for, it's not working for us.
4: especially
3: somewhere we go else. somewhere else. Yeah. I just my only problem with the job, and I and I say this in all seriousness. It's a good job. It, uh, take away all the money and everything else. Let's just talk about this. The history of this program. Great players. Great players. But this is not. You don't think of Texas and basketball, and then going since when is going to the turn? It's like when Rick Barnes go. Maybe you want to tell me rick just been there so long he wore whatever that is but you just get like who the hell are you to get bored with making it at the tournament Mm -hmm. like 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 that that's all i'm I'm saying the history of that program and then now that's what i'm saying now i'm not buying now you want to make terry do something that hasn't been done in 15 years and historically is rarely ever done in your program history to get the job
2: Oh, he shouldn't have to like winning the Big Twelve should not be the requirement for him to get the job.
3: And, and the if you don't think you do get who to get the job. I, I don't it's, get it. It. I don't it's get it. do, it's too high of really an expectation.
2: And don't. look, I'll be frank. I don't think I don't think you're getting Bruce Pearl. I don't think Bruce Pearl leaves Auburn. Not if he has a situation where he can get Steven to be the the coach in waiting. And you know, I don't think I don't know if Brad Underwood leaves Illinois. Um I don't think that you're gonna get Kelvin from Houston. Uh, I don't think Scott Drew leaves Baylor. I don't think you want. You might be able to get John Calipari. I don't you think you want cal- that you, Calipari. You,
3: but we can't mix in these coaches for that well, job now. If you don't give I'm him a the job, they got to be is, national champions. Yeah, look, that's all I'm think, saying.
2: I don't think you're getting Jerome Tang. Like you can make the list of like the top six, seven, eight guys that you would want, and I don't think that you're even going to get them. So if you have a guy that is in place right now. That has proven he has the ability to to win games and compete for Big Twelve titles. Why not give him a shot and see if he could do it long term? Okay, maybe it's because they got six seniors on the roster. Maybe it's because this team is coaching itself. Maybe this. Maybe that. Maybe whatever. You're not going to know until you give him a chance. And I think more than anything else, he's deserved a shot at trying to get this thing going.
4: Yeah. If this was
3: anywhere else, guys, with all the connections and ties. To the mm-hmm. school and former NBA players and everything else, this would have been done. Mm-hmm. I do, do agree. We get, is that a disagreement? You know what I'm saying? It, with yeah. the connect. If, if, if it was somewhere else, if this were you and I with no ties to the school and this was happening, I give you that. But we're talking about a guy that's been there that has connections and ties to guys. If this was any other school, this announcement would have been over. This would have been a New Year's announcement or something. This would have been happening.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think you make a lot of good points, RC, honestly. Uh, and Rob, I'm chuckling to the concept of uh, maybe this team is coaching itself with Marcus Carr, arguably, as its best player. I don't think we can say that a Marcus Carr-led <laughs> team is uh, coaching itself to just running through the Big 12 Conference that is a gauntlet this season. So hey, look, give him the job, Mar-
2: man. Marcus, the job. Carr, Marcus Carr might fuck around and make an All-American team this year. He might, he's like, that
1: good, but that's, okay. a, that's a point on the Roddy Terry resume if that yes. happens, okay? Uh it's, it's insanity to me. All right, let's get producer Trevor back in here. What do we got going on in the chat right now? Anything good?
4: I wish you guys had a little more energy tonight. Uh, here's an interesting <laughs> question. Do you guys think there's a chance that because the Big 12 is so good that it sort of cannibalizes itself to the point where no one makes a super deep run in the tournament?
1: That's the Big 10 argument from last year, right? Yeah. Like People thought that was the best conference. They had a bunch of National Player of the Year candidates, and then everybody was out. By the sweet 16 but i think the big 12 this year's better by a long shot that top six is nasty
2: yeah the the only thing that i would say is that there are a lot of really really good teams at the top of the big 12. i don't know if there's anyone that i would sit here and say like you gotta have them in your top eight for making the the, the final four the win of the national title like when i put mine together The only team that i had in there was kansas and the only reason i had kansas in the mix was because of bill self i think if you look at texas how many nba players are on that team maybe dylan mitchell if you look at kansas state they got a they got a five foot eight point guard and they basically have a top two and then it's a pretty big drop off to the rest of their team like keontae johnson and um and marquise noel can carry them for a while But once you get past them, it's kind of, there's a little bit of a drop off. Ohio State, or I'm sorry, Iowa State, how many pros are on that team? I don't know. Is there an NBA player on that roster? I don't know. TCU, can't shoot threes? And is there an NBA player on that roster? Maybe Mike Miles? That's a maybe, right? The only team that I can see that you can kind of plug into the mix is, one, Kansas, because of the guy on the sideline, and two, Baylor, one, because of the guy on the sideline, and two, because of the fact that they may have the best backcourt in the country. So, like, I would not be shocked to see all of these Big 12 teams, like, out by the Elite Eight. But that has nothing to do with how good this league is. I just think that it's one of those things where um, you have a lot of teams that are good enough to, on a normal year, be, like, a top 10 to top 15 team. And I don't know if there's a team in this conference in a normal year that'd be in the conversation for, like, top three in America. Does that make sense? It does, but
3: I'll push back and say this. I think that's the – throughout college basketball right now, and that's it. The, yeah. the You know, yes, I, I said this the other day. You know you just said it about the Big 12. Let's go to the ACC. Name me NBA prospects outside of Duke's freshman. And I'm going to say Tarquavion Smith, and then I'll wait. All right, let me
2: bring up the ACC so I got it. Go <laughs> ahead.
3: While you figuring that out, you you, you think you look, look t- tell me t- outside outside of and I'm not talking about some second rounder. You throw a pick at in the last ten picks. Name me the NBA prospects outside of Tarquavian Smith, outside of Duke's freshman in the an entire
2: league. The only one I would say, as I'm looking through it, is I think Reese. Pick- Maybe Reese Beekman is a second rounder. I I, I will I. I'd take him in the first round, but yes, you're to your point. Oh yeah, oh it could yeah. be, yeah, yeah. But, but, but to yeah, my your point, point that's it. your 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 point is, I got your point. Yeah,
3: and and that's all I'm saying is that like like the the NBA guys, even if we look at Michigan, Jets Howard there, we talk about a Michigan team that may get in, but we're saying he's a draft prospect. I, I I don't know if that's the in the history of college basketball that's been a driving force for the criteria we look at now, and I don't know if that's the case anymore. It's almost like a blended group of veteran guys, and then you mix in that 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 veteran guy and and like it's you, you don't
2: have to have a superstar but like look at Kansas last year right Oshai Baji, number 14 pick Christian Brown number 22 pick Jalen Wilson is going to end up being like either a first or early second round pick in this year's NBA draft so they had three pros on that roster right right you look like at, Arizona did yeah you look at Baylor in 2021 Dylan uh davion mitchell was what like a a top 10 pick but he was you know he was kind of like a borderline lottery pick Mm -hmm. you had jaylor butler jared butler ended up going pro like you had a bunch of guys that were nba players but you didn't have like a full-blown superstar same thing with virginia you know you you had a top five pick on that roster but deandre hunter wasn't like a take over the game kind of a guy but you still need nba talent i think to be able to win national titles and that's kind of why to go back to alabama Greg that's why I'm still kind of in on Alabama because they are that one team that has a guy that's averaging 19 points a game that is one of the most dangerous shooters in the country that we know is going to end up being an NBA player that's why I'm still very much in on Alabama long term
3: but the best player in college basketball where is Zach Eady going in the draft
2: no comment it's like And
3: it's like no, no, I love him. He's the, he's the most dominant player, hands down. It's not even close, right? I think we all agree that he's the most dominant player in college basketball. But that's just the times that we're living in right now. Even in Houston, right? We go to Houston. We know Jarrett's Walk. We know that. But we we all agree we love him. But when you love him and you look at the metrics and you're like, oh. You know, you can make an argument, and I'm just, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm pro Houston, but I'm just, I'm just flipping the coin, saying if I had to play devil's advocate, I'm playing devil's advocate with Houston, and they're top ten in metrics and in, in uh, offense efficiency and defense efficiency. They're in a what two bit league. So are you taking those that might numbers?
4: Might be pushing it. <laughs> that yeah, might you, be pushing it. This you year. get what
3: I'm saying? So, yeah. so uh, their metrics aren't playing in that league, their metrics are going to be that way. They're playing in a league that we're sitting here talking about we're hoping it gets two. And that two might be because Houston don't win the conference tournament. That's, that's really what we're talking about here.
2: So, if you, the Memphis, so if like I'm That's of the basically what it's going to be.
1: Yeah. So is there, and now I'm like literally going through every team that I can think of in the country conference bracket, is there any team in the country that we would say has like three guys that will play nba basketball like i don't know that there is one I, Maybe. they'll probably
3: end up being but it'll be something like guys go make a camp or second round pick or whatever
2: but but there, yeah there's going to be a lot of teams it's going to be some
3: yeah they, we're just not just
1: jumping out somebody may jump out and, and like this you know, is making me talk myself into arkansas making a march <laughs> run literally i'm just like naming dudes they got dudes right like
4: can i can i be, be the very only team can in the i country? be very biased for a second Please. Are you are you going to
1: tell me Coleman Hawkins and Terrence Shannon are the reason Illinois is going to make a Final Four? No, you're going to
4: say
2: Jaden Epps is the best point guard in college basketball. Well, no, I, I, ready, just like giving, we
4: I just like giving Jeff crap. Don't make city.
2: me cl- close your mic.
4: Well, I'm the host, but <laughs> I'd be impressed if, if that was possible. I would say Shannon, Meyer, and Coleman are all fringe NBA guys. If, if, if Greg, if you're just supposing, if you're just throwing out, name a team that could have three NBA guys. Yeah. I would throw them in the mix.
2: You know That's who fair. else has three NBA guys, Greg? Who's that? Two are going to get drafted this year. One will probably get drafted in two years.
1: UConn?
2: Yeah. UConn has three NBA guys. I was going to say. Who are those three, though? I'm just saying. I'm is just that, setting it up are for that first-round
1: loss. is going to be so devastating. Is that, is that Hawkins and the
2: two bigs? Uh, no. Hawkins, Jackson, and um, Donovan. Jackson? Jones. Really? he's going to get drafted he's too athletic like he's going to get drafted somewhere someone's going to see what he can do defensively and talk themselves into him teaching him how to shoot that's it'll it'll happen this year or next year he's too athletic the reason he's sucks right now is it's all it's all up in here like he's so in his head that dude is too smart for his own good he needs
1: to stop thinking so damn much that's i don't it. know man i saw gavoni tweet about kobe buffkin the other day so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know oh, man <laughs>
3: Everybody just picking their teams, so like you said. You know what it's, you know what it is. It's like we're all saying you can, you can talk yourself into anything you want to believe right now, or talk yourself out of it. It's no, it's
2: really true. Ridiculous. Like that's and, what's and so that's what's crazy gonna make this about year this. It's so much season. fun. Look, RC, you, that's what's going to make this year so much fun be, in is, the tournament. It's going to be fun. Like, yeah, you, have, you have no idea what's going to happen. No,
0: it's
1: going to be no. fun as hell until we get a final four that's like Florida, Utah State, Memphis, San Diego State, and we're I, like I, nobody I, was good. I wonder, but
3: that's what makes when we talk about teams that we know are that are good, right? Good, some may, maybe even great, whatever you think. But who so who in these teams are getting people back? Mm, I like that. You know, like like, a, like it matters, like we're talking about, Xavier, I mean, we use Indiana as an example, right? They're going to get Xavier Johnson back. Like, of these teams, are they fully healthy? And is there something we're missing? Like, imagine how good Arkansas can be if miraculously everybody came back and was healthy. We know it's not the case, but, you know what I mean, like things of that nature. Like, like what are we?
2: RC's out here rebuilding ACLs.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but I say Xavier Johnson. But I'm, I can't think of another team that we think is really, really good is maybe missing a guy. but
2: TCU doesn't Like, like have you,
3: UCLA. Right UCLA's a team.
2: Yeah. The UCLA's good. Um, ba- to your point, Baylor. Yes, just getting back, Jonathan Chambalchot. Chambalchot, yep. Villanova, just getting back, getting Justin back. Moore. Like I look, I'm I'm telling you guys, man. Like I, I still, this may be crazy. This may be stop it, time. stop it. Villanova is not going to be a team that you want to face in the Big East tournament. I, I agree. All they're doing is losing close games right now, and the biggest yep. reason they're losing close games is because the guy they have to run offense for at the end of a clock and at the end of a game is just Eric by. Dixon. They're running Eric Dixon off of pin downs. That is like that's their set at the end of games. Oh, how are we going to get a bucket? We need a bucket. We're down by two. We need to find a way to win. All right, let's run our six foot seven, two hundred seventy five pound center off of a pin down. That's where they're at right now because Justin Moore is not Justin Moore yet. Rob, so that's that, that's a team I want to play
1: in the Big East tournament.
2: Like well, the reason they're I don't doing, doing that is because Justin Moore is not Justin Moore yet. When you have a guy that can go create a shot, remember Justin Moore played point guard for a long time in twenty twenty one when Colin Gillespie hurt his name. So he's had experience being the guy that runs the point for that program
3: i would be worried about them for one game will it happens like back-to-back games can they do it four times in a weekend on a week i mean for a tournament might be tough physically for somebody like him
1: in this situation
3: mm-hmm. but i would not want to play that team in the first first round of the biggest
1: yeah. let's I'll say you're that. let's say you're like a. I don't know who the biggest bubble team is right now but uh, seton hall seton i guess hall. Let's say you're Seton Hall. Would you rather draw Providence or Villanova first round of the Big East tournament? I don't uh, know. Are you assuming that Seton Hall would be the five seed then? I don't know what the math would be. I just want like where, when we say I don't want to see Villanova, like let's compare them to the actually good because teams. Because you, well, in the you Big can't East. pick the top. Let's say they're going to be a team the, at the bottom. Yeah, the so issue should...
2: wouldn't be Seton Hall. The issue right. would be like. If Villanova Villanova right now is it projects to be the seventh seed in the Big East tournament right and, and so we're, we're being, saying
1: they're the seventh scariest team and they project to be the seventh seed like That's no, not they're a
2: the, they're the se- so they're the seventh seed in the tournament you're telling me if you're Xavier and you're going to Madison Square Garden and you're gonna play a fully healthy Villanova team that has healthy Justin Moore who is a all-conference player caleb daniels who's an all-conference player eric dixon who's an all-conference player cam whitmore who's a top five pick and brandon slater who's a guy that is the prototypical 23 year old 3 and d wing like that's brutal for a first round matchup in the big east tournament if i had my that's all i'm saying uh, yeah against
3: georgetown DePaul, butler st john and villanova villanova is not the team in that group that you want to play yeah well yeah
1: that's all we're saying that's all we're saying in the first round Really I, I players, I mean, Rob, Rob teed that it. up like that's like a hot take though. Right. Like that's right, li- that's right, right, literally right. just saying they're seventh in the standings and you'd rather play the teams below them in the standings than that. Well, like, what I'm
2: saying is that they can if if they get right, if if they can get Justin Moore back to being the guy being 90% of the guy that he was last season, then they have a, they, like a very real chance to be able to go into Madison Square Garden and win four straight games. We've seen a crazier thing happen. Georgetown went in there as a 12 seed and won four straight games in that building. UConn went in there as a nine seed in 2011 and won five straight games in that building and won the Big East tournament. That is where the weirdest shit happens. Is in Madison Square Garden. Like if you want, yeah. look, if you want to talk about like true. these storylines and the I narratives and like the the shit that is just oh, it's MSG. It's the greatest building in the world. It's like the mecca uh, of basketball. It would be Villanova coming back from the dead without Jay Wright with Kyle Neptune on the sideline, who coached in New York City last year, by the way, finding a way to get to the NCAA tournament by winning the Big East tournament. Like, you're telling me that's the that's that's like the tenth craziest thing that I can imagine happening in the Big East
1: tournament this year. I mean, that's Jay Wright was courtside in Ann Arbor tonight calling a game. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. But yeah. like Come on, let's let we gotta have some dose of reality to what we're talking about down the stretch. Of. You pick UConn as the
2: seventh most likely team to win an national. Yeah, that's title. one and spot lower than their ranked on Ken Bob, I'm Duster? the only one drinking here, and you're the one saying the crazy shit. That I, I, they're have one spot lower
1: in my rankings than they are in Ken Pomeroy's man, rankings. Me, I, I,
2: so I say Villanova. could Villanova is, a, is could win the Big East tournament. You say UConn could win the NCAA tournament,
1: and I'm the one saying the crazy stuff. I mean, you said, please make sure you're seated. This is a hot take. Villanova's the seventh scariest team in the Big East. Like, that's not a (laughs) take, man. Okay,
2: first of all, (laughs) I did not say, please make sure you're seated, okay? I would never say that. Uh, All
1: right, Trevor, (laughs) anything that we need to hit in the chat? (laughs) Let's get a final round of chat questions,
4: and then we'll do our We're we're well on our way to our second straight two-hour show, so let's try and keep some of these brief. Um, What do you guys make of Brandon Miller cooling off lately? I'm
1: not worried about it. I'm no, not no, worried no. about it. There you go. He's a freshman, Next.
2: man. His legs kind of wore, wore down a little bit. He'll be fine.
4: Brady keeps asking. Top three national coach of the year candidates right now. Uh, Matt Painter, Jerome Tang, and the homie
2: down in uh, Austin, Texas, Rodney Terry.
1: I was going to say, is, is Rodney eligible for the award? He has to be, right? I,
2: I mean, I don't know. You know. He might have to wait because he's Texas. <laughs> yeah. i think rob's right though i don't have a disagreement there yeah i think painter has to win it though like by every metric that we use painter has no tank tank
3: i think mm-hmm. it's tanks unless they fall off
2: completely uh, uh, both of them are great options but like going from not being like being a questionable tournament team to like being the number one team in the country is a pretty big thing. pretty like, dominant yeah. look i don't want to i don't want to I, I love them both i love yeah, human hard. beings both, the team both, have to the make jobs both. they've done both, yeah. Like, they're both great. Yeah, I don't okay. want to argue against them.
4: Is Wisconsin officially dead? Yes. Yeah. Is that a question from two weeks ago? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they ever had a
1: pulse this season, to be honest. I mean. They did for a while, man. They, I, did, we did they? Didn't How after about the Wildcats,
2: dark. man? Yes, yeah, good team. Northwestern.
1: That's a solid team, RC. That's a solid team.
2: We definitely did an after dark at one point where we had we had the conversation. I think it was me and you, Greg. Is Wisconsin the second best team in the Big Ten? <laughs>
1: Noop. <laughs> yeah, that that's when we should have known major red flags for that conference. Uh, yep. No, but look, Chris Collins has wins this year in Assembly Hall, in the Kohl Center, and in the Breslin Center. That's a crazy string for where that Northwestern team was last year. You lose Pete Nance, like. I'm shocked. He's got Boo booey and Chase Odds looking like a very good NCAA tournament worthy backcourt. It's impressive stuff. All right. One final question if we got one, Trevor, then we'll go to Toast.
4: Final one Brian, what Big 12 team can make the deepest run if you had to put your stamp on one? The one coached by Bill Self or Baylor. Yeah. I, I just
3: love Baylor getting healthy. Mm hmm.
1: Taylor for me too. All right, let's all do right. it. Toast the night. Toast. Uh Rob, lead us off. Who you got? Um, oh, you're putting me on the spot because I didn't prepare this
2: at all. I completely forgot about doing a toast tonight. Um, you know who I'm gonna toast? I'm gonna toast uh Kevin Baggett down at Ryder, sitting at first place in the Mac. They're the local team. I took my son to a, to a Ryder game a couple of weeks ago. They beat up on Quinnipiac. so uh to the Bronx. They beat up all Manhattan. First place in the
1: MAC. Gotta love it. Cheers, RC.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna go with Coach Sampson coming back, getting a run on the road against a Temple team that's been playing well. Won four in a row. Beat them earlier last month, and uh, they came in there with a convincing performance tonight. They were down at the half, came out second half, and it wasn't even close after the first five minutes.
1: Yeah, I think it was like a 13-0 run to start the second yeah, half. Yeah, it was
3: impressive.
1: Gerace Walker's awesome, by the Ooh. way. Like, I I feel like when discussing how good Houston is, I feel like we don't talk about how good he is enough. Like, we still talk about that backcourt. He is so good, man. He is really
4: good. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, mine, uh, I'm going Big Ten. Shocker. Kese Tominaga, man, 30 points tonight for the Huskers at home. And he is fun. I don't know how much anybody out there's has watched Nebraska basketball this year, but like
4: this dude expert. is, you're
1: the this, expert. This dude is unique, man. He's like the, Nebraska fans love him. He's uh, a bucket. Yeah. Like he, he literally has a sense of the moment. He has these creative shots today. The big one that brought the house down. He fumbles the ball on a pump fake. It drops right back to him and he hits the three, of course, Uh, 30 points. That was a career high for him. Very fun player. K Tomanaga. Cheers. Cheers. A couple of them you. in um in Orlando, man. They, they were using him early on, like
3: he was Vinny Microwave. He was coming in and just ran plays for him. He shot it, he shot it, he shot it, then they took him out. And then <laughs> now with uh, I'm seriously, he would come in, play five minutes, get up like four or five shots, come back out. That's how he played. And then uh with the injuries, but he could flat out score, man. He's another one of them European guys that went home and played on their national teams. And it's just coming back to college basketball with all this confidence because they've been playing with men and and uh, Tominaga has been really he's been really good. He's been fun to watch.
1: Yeah, an extremely fun player. Also, a guy who could probably teach Rob Doster a little bit about uh, going viral on social media. He's got a pretty <laughs> big following out there, Rob. Just want to throw that out there. All right, boys, this was fun. A highly entertaining Sunday show. Pretty quiet slate tonight. We made the most of it. Credit to you guys. Credit to the YouTube chat for rocking with us as well. Producer Trevor, we appreciate you behind the scenes. Uh, For Randolph Childress, for Rob Doster, my name is Greg Waddell, and we will see you tomorrow night on the Field of 68 After Dark.